0: Before we kick off today, I just want to let you know that we have an exclusive newsletter that shares lots of information, tips and tricks about building your ideal business. If you want to find out more and jump on and subscribe to this, check out the show notes below and subscribe to our newsletter. Hi, it's Paul Antonelli here. I'm currently in uh, Brisbane, just catching up with the uh, with the crew. Welcome to another episode of the Ideal Business Podcast. The last episode, which I, I talked about, was finding your ideal clients, uh, building your client avatar. In this episode, which is the second part to that, I'm going to go through some more information. That sort of. Uh, that would be useful for you to understand or know about, so that you can sort of have a bit of a go at creating your ideal avatar. You know, which is um, which is really important. And as as I mentioned in the previous podcast, the reason you go through this process is to it's really about, if you think about it, uh, being able to target effectively and like a rifle point as opposed to a shotgun, the clients that you want, your ideal clients. That's what this process is really all about. Okay, so I'm just going to go through uh, some of the components. Now, typically, when you build this out, if you build this process out properly, you end up with about somewhere between 10 to 15 pages of an avatar. So that's probably a bit of a kick point. If you end up doing this exercise and you've got one or two pages, it just means you haven't gone in enough detail. Uh, As you can appreciate, these things are pretty difficult to sort of you know, to target and the more specific you can be, the more likely you'll be able to, to find these, tar- these clients that will then convert and actually buy your product or service. So that's a bit of a, bit of a benchmark. You know, it is a very detailed process. It takes a bit of time. Sometimes you might start it and then go away and then come back. And as I mentioned in the previous podcast, if you've got clients that you would consider ideal, then think about collecting this data about them and using that. To frame up your ideal avatar if you haven't got clients or it's early days yet in your business, uh, then do some market research to validate it. So, what are some of the things that you want to build up in your avatar? Okay, now I talked previously about um, the concept of psychographics, yeah, and that's a sort of uh, consumer behavior how they behave how they think and the emotions so that's actually an important one and there's a lot of you know, these are things relating to their behavior their emotions how they're responding to things and so that's the first one and i mentioned that in the previous one and you've got to put this sort of framing what you're trying to do here is really get inside the head of your ideal consumer your ideal client you know who are they what are they thinking? What's motivating them? What drives them? What is it that would, you know, and of course, as, as we, as we know, the whole idea of any business is a product or a service which Solve something, delivers a, solves a problem of some sort. And so really, and it's not just stating the problem at a high level. It's really getting into the emotion and the drivers behind that and what would really motivate them to do that. The, the first thing to look at after you've sort of gone through the whole psychographics is to understand their current problems. So that's one of the things to consider. What are their current problems? Like, real problems you know so sometimes we have perceived problems of what we think is not going well for us but you need to include the real measurable and external problems we sell franchises and a really good example would be that one of the current problems you know that we find for people that we attract is the fact that they don't have enough time to spend time with their kids yeah they that's a problem you know so for them it's like it's a real problem I, i simply don't have enough time to spend time with with their kids, and we talk, we hear that all the time from people that we engage into the business, and that's actually one of the target groups that we're interested in bringing in. Uh, so they've got a, a pressure on time; they're working too many hours; they're not spending enough time with their kids. Potentially, you know, their partners saying, "Well, you know, you need to spend more time; you need to be around." So that's one of the things that we really focus on, which is a, an important one. So think about, you know, what it is that's really driving you know, to potentially drive a potential client for you to look at your products or services. Why is that a problem, you know? what's had and, and try to describe it. So we might talk about, you know, someone whose, you know, current problem is that they, you know, if we expand on that idea before their current problem is that they just don't spend enough of the time with their family or their kids, they don't get to see them enough and they can't, and they know they might have to do something different or change, but they don't actually even have time to go and look at how they can change that because they've got to earn income at the same time. So that could be uh, a definition of the current problem. So have a real think about your clients, the clients that you've helped clients you've done work with in the past and what problem did you solve for them have a bit of a think about that the next step is is their level of awareness and we talked about that before you know where are they on the level of awareness spectrum are they someone who is solution aware uh, they might be they unaware totally unaware don't know they have a problem don't they're not even looking for anything they know they have a problem but they don't know what to do about it they know they have a problem, they have the solution. They know they have a problem, they have a solution, and they can be specific about the uh, brand or the product that would resolve that. So what is their level of awareness? And just to, just on that point, when you're talking about levels of awareness in relation to building out an avatar, you might actually create different avatars for different levels of awareness because, um, When your potential client is a lot less aware, then there needs to be a little bit more education in relation to uh, how you communicate with them. You know, you can't pitch or communicate a solution when someone doesn't even know they have a problem. So you just got to keep that in mind. Next thing you can sort of think about is what are they doing? What is it that this potential client is doing? So they've got this problem. And so what behaviors are they exhibiting or what are they actually doing because of this problem? Uh, so for, for an example would be just touching based on the franchisee example. They could be, for example, talking to getting some advice from people in relation to going into business. They might be looking around the place, might be searching up you know, how to start a business, maybe doing a small business course. So what is it? What behaviors are they doing? What things could they be working out? They may be also working too many hours. The other flip side of it is that they're tired, You know, they may have some health issues, um, uh, they I might start looking at how I improve my health, improve my sleeping, all those sorts of things. So once you sort of know the problems that they have, you can then take the next step. And so based on those problems, what is it likely that they're doing? What behaviours are they exhibiting? And that gives you a bit of an idea of where you can potentially find your clients. What other books are they reading? Uh, what articles are they interested in? So keep that in mind and think about how that could play out in relation to your ideal client and ideal avatar. The next point is what are the causes of the problem? Yeah, And this is an important thing to be aware of. You know, they have a problem, okay? Uh, they're doing certain things because of that problem. But what are the causes? What's actually causing the problem? And so this needs a little bit of, little bit of thought, you know, because often if you, if you can define the cause of the problem, then you can sort of articulate and communicate to them a little bit clearly and you can demonstrate that you really understand their key issues. And so, for example, in our example again, which I'll touch on, fundamentally what we have found is that one of our franchisees spent time with more kids, the, the cause of the problem is they're simply working too many hours Uh, in their current job, in their core gig. And that might include travel time, you know, after our meetings are getting calls on the weekends, you know, might be working 50, 60 hours a week. That's the cause of the problem and that rolls out into all other areas because they don't have enough time to do some research, you know, that even if they're thinking about a transition, they have to have time to even go through that process. So when you do that, you know, you can identify the cause of the problem and try to articulate that as well as possible. The next sort of step is they've got this this problem now, if you could just come up with a solution for this problem, like it's sort of like the seven-step process. So, what could be the five or six-step process that would totally resolve this problem for them? You know, what would it be? What would that look like? And so it's almost like a what's a pathway out for them? To get this problem resolved, what would be? It's almost like the magic pill that they could take. What would it be if you can define it? So, for an example, with our franchisees, it could be step one, it could be they really want to define clearly what they want to achieve, you know, what they're not getting in their current life work balance, and what it is they want to achieve. The next step would be that they, once they've determined this, they look they can better understand what would be their ideal business and how that business would enable and support them in what they want to achieve personally and in their private life. Then they work out, uh, how much money they might need to invest in the business and sort of how much money they can earn or returns on that investment, um, the income that they can achieve. So they've sort of done a bit of an understanding of what they need financially as well. The next step is then they start going out there to evaluate different opportunities uh, and might determine that franchising, for example, is a good fit for them. So that's the next step. And then they start doing Once they've gone through and done assessments, they pick the best fit, which is, yep, I'm going to buy this particular franchise because it really works for me and it's the one that's going to work. And then they kick off their business and they're away. So that's an example of a a, like a five, six-step process that if if they could just go bang, 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 they could actually move forward on this point, which is what what people typically get stuck on is how do you move forward? How do you actually take the next step? The next thing to consider would be what, what should they hear? What should they hear? So this is important. You know, these are things that, and, and often we have, when we're dealing with clients, there are things that they want to hear and they're things that they should hear, but they don't necessarily want to hear them if that makes sense. And so the things they should hear, for example, with our franchisee, firstly, that going into your own business uh, requires a lot of work and there's a high risk of failure. Um, Very small, very few small business owners actually achieve a work-life balance. They might have more independence uh, and control over what they're doing and who they're engaging with, but very few of them actually have a work-life balance because that's, that's just the truth. Income in your own business is absolutely, totally dependent on you. You know, where you might have been in a role or a job where, for example, um, someone's paying you. These are things they should hear. If you're starting a business, it would normally take, from a a standing start, at least a year to get to a reasonable level of income. Okay, at least a year to get to a reasonable level, level of income. Have you ever wanted to find out how ideal your business is? we put together a really cool tool that'll enable you to get your ideal business score. It's a fantastic tool, check it out in the show notes and uh, find out how ideal your business is. Back to the show. And then it also requires that when you go into your own business you gotta change your mindset, you gotta change your thinking, you've gotta remove your dependency on a regular paycheck. Yeah. So here's an example with our franchisee model and I'm using that for this process of the things that they should hear. Yeah. The next thing is what do they want to hear? <laughs> okay, what do they want to hear? And so what they want to hear is it's really easy to start your own business and be your own boss and change your lifestyle. They also might want to hear that got the ability to earn two to three times what I'm currently earning while working less hours. Once I, once I develop my own business and my own clients, then I've got independence, which means I can choose the clients that I work with and the clients I don't, don't work with. So these are examples of the things that they want to hear, things that will attract them to, to take action. The next thing to consider, and this is an important point, is whenever major decisions are made, often there's a partner involved. There's some, there's a there's a second half. There's another person involved. Now, this could be a business partner. This could be a life partner. It could be their wife. It could be their girlfriend. Could be. But it's important to consider from your client's life, who is that other person? Is there another person, and what? Is important, you know. You know that, for example, if there's a major investment required or a change of career, they're going to be discussing this with their partner. So, who is who is this other person, and why is that perspective important to them? Because often, what happens when we're going through a process of engaging with potential clients, we forget that there's other decision makers involved who aren't present in our process, and then wonder why the sale doesn't go ahead. And often it's because there's discussions, there's third persons discussions going on that you may not be party to that affect the person's thinking or your potential client's thinking or the assessment, and all of a sudden they just disappear. So that's an important thing to to be aware of. And when you look at that, you want to understand the, the, what's what, what are the perspectives from the other person's view in relation to this significant other person that may be involved. So, for example, this could include, look, if it's my partner or my wife, um, could be, you know, I don't want to look like an idiot, you know, decide to do something, it doesn't work that well, and then I just look like an idiot, you know, I end up with egg on my face. The other person might be sort of thinking like we don't, you know, we've got some money saved, uh, you're going to invest it in the business, what if it goes horribly wrong? You know, so it's a, it's a little bit about getting into the state of mind of your potential client and this other person, if there's another person involved, you know, what they're thinking and what would your client potentially be concerned about in relation to that and what could happen and what might not happen. So these are things to be aware of. Another thing then is to look at, and we're moving into a sort of emotional territory, what are their fears and frustrations, right? Fears and frustrations. And when you talk about fears and frustrations, typically they're not rational, they're irrational. And so these are things that might prevent them from making taking action. So, for example, could be they're really concerned about making the wrong decision and ending up worse off. Um, they might say, well, I'm going to leave my job, which I've been in, and it's secure, and then I can't get another job. I don't want to make a change now because I'm too old and I might run out of time if I don't. And then there's going to be a lot of learning to do or something new, and I might not end up being able to spend any time with my kids. Um, I don't. You know, if I'm in my own business, I I don't really know how to sell. I've never sold before, haven't done that. So how's that going to work? You know, have I got the skills to do that? You know, what if I run out of money? I start the business and then I thought I'd get so much income, and I don't end up making that income, and I run out of money. So these are sort of fears and frustrations. If they take the action or take a step, or it's preventing them from taking that step. And and the point I'm going to make here, it's something that we're really good at we seem to be really good as a species in sort of working out all the things that can go wrong. I don't think there's any other species on the planet that does that, you know, so we can sit there and go, if we did that, then this would happen and that and this and that and this and that and this and that. The reality is that, you know, we even based on the fact that we don't see any evidence for it, we've never had that happen to us before. We've got the ability to project all these things that could go wrong, that prevent us from taking action. Uh, and so this is what this is sort of communicating about. And then, the next step is to look at what do they want? What are they aspiring to? You know, and once again, these, these are not necessarily rational. These are rational things. So this could be, I'm, I just feel really positive and emotively excited about my new career. Uh, I have flexibility, total flexibility, how I organize my time. And now I can be more emotionally present as well as physically present with my kids. It's I don't have to actually go to the office and come back every day, you know, because now I'm working from home. So these are what they want to achieve and what they're aspiring towards and what would motivate them to take action. So have a bit of a think about that. And then you frame up a bit of a scene, I guess you would talk about it. And this is, this is a two step process. You sort of look at and you you articulate this, you know, so you do firstly the nightmare story, the nightmare story. So what happens if they get into it and it just goes horrible, you know? So they – Gone. Pick the business. Done this, and it goes horrible. So an example would be, you know, they choose a business that sounded perfect. They did all the research. It's exactly what they wanted to do. It all went well during the sales process to buy the business, and then when they handed over the payment, you know, they found they had some questions and needed support they weren't really getting it. Um, the training wasn't anywhere near. You know, what was promised. Uh, and so they feel they now they're not feeling so confident about the process. And so now the confidence has really impacted on their ability to get out there and promote the business. They've got this sort of sick feeling in their stomach. They go, have I made the decision? Oh my God there's no going back, what have I done there's a sense of being trapped and as the weeks go on uh, they can't get the business going, the support's sort of non-existent, they keep pretending that it's all fine even though that internally they go this isn't looking good and then after three or four months they realise they've just really made the wrong decision and now they're starting to course, get some impact and uh, some comments from their partner, negative comments from their partner saying well I told you about that and if you went and did this and I knew that, so now they've got this sort of conflict potentially going on, and there's no way out of this tunnel. They're trapped. They've gone down the path. This is a nightmare. You can see where this is heading. And then eventually it just collapses and they're stuck. Now they have to go and find another job. They've lost money. Didn't work for them. Bit of embarrassment around that. So that's the nightmare story, yeah? And so try to think about if someone went through the path of engaging and they went through and did take, took the step. What would be the nightmare story? The dream story is the flip side of it. Yeah. So this is if it all went superbly well, you know, so the flip side is that they found their business, executed, paid for it and their expectations were, were at a certain level, but everything, everything about it was much higher. You know, they engaged with the company, really good to deal with. The support was fantastic. The training was way above what they expected and they managed to get up up and running, they were super confident because of the support and what they saw, they were able to get out there and uh, start marketing. That confidence really buoyed them up and gave them the ability to get out there and talk to people and because of that and their approach and their confidence, they felt much more competent and they were able to start picking up work. They hit their six months targets for the business earlier and so they've got a new set of skills, they're really excited about the new career, they now actually got better control over their time, they're spending more time with with their kids so this work-life balance they've achieved and they're just so excited about the future yeah so you can see one's a nightmare and the, the other one is the dream the dream scene you know what would really happen if it worked well so that's another thing to articulate and write up and then you talk about 10 specific negative and positive results when they do or don't overcome these you know so for example um They want to achieve the positive things they want to achieve. What do they want to achieve through using the product or service or engaging or making that decision to move forward? You know, so for example, with ours, it's a better work life balance. They're making a good level of income, only working 30, 40 hours a week. They've got time to things they want to do. They're fit, you know. Um, they don't have to wake up to an alarm clock every day. They just wake up when they wake up. What an interesting concept. Uh, they've got a much deeper relationship with their kids. And these are all positive outcomes that have come through making the decision and it working well. They're loving the work life pleasure. If they don't take action, then what are the negative outcomes? What things don't work? So, for example, they stay time poor. Uh, they're not learning anything new. They're getting a bit stale. They're not, they can't keep fit. They don't have enough time to go to the gym or do exercise. You know, they're finding that their relationship with their partner or their wife, you know, suffering because of this. Uh, they're having to stay in the corporate world, which they lack. They, they don't love. There's a lack of passion associated with it. There's a lot of changes in the industry and they're a bit concerned about their career, all those sorts of things. So they're the sort of outcomes if we don't take action. What happens if we don't do something? And so that's sort of a bit of a a wrap out. You can see it's quite a process. It's quite a detailed process and we've got more information on how to go about this. And then the final sort of wrap-out is that, you know, what emotions do they feel when they do achieve their outcomes? So for example, they could be satisfied, excess excited, energized, you know, they're really uh, looking forward to the the, the new change. So this is whole positive emotions and if they don't, if it doesn't work out well and they don't take action, then they might feel confused and um, you're irritated, frustrated, depressed, anxious, you know. So have a think about the emotions. We're talking emotions now, the positive emotions and the negative emotions. And so this is a bit of a wrap that uh, I've been sort of trying to understand and share with you is about the process of building the ideal client avatar. I can't stress enough how important it is to do this process. I just can't stress enough. And often when we're marketing and we're looking for new clients, we really skim over this really high level and we don't take the time to really understand, really understand your client avatar. Yeah, And if you can do this process, and it, it, it actually isn't that easy where you just sit down and whip it up. You've got to sort of go back to it, come back, go back to it. But it, And you might continue to groove it in and improve it and refine it. But if you can do that, you're going to end up with a super clear picture about your ideal client, everything that motivates them, what demotivates them, and how to frame up your offer and your communications so it really taps into and communicates to them and is relevant to them. And this is what it's all about. You know, the more relevant and targeted your communications are in your marketing, the more effective you'll find your conversion rate and your sales that flow from it. That's just the way it works. And it hasn't changed. It doesn't matter what platform we use, it hasn't changed. So look, hopefully that's useful. Uh, there's a bit more information about this that we can share with you, but it's all about, you know, taking the time. And as I said at the beginning, if you do this properly, and it look, it depends on the product and service, but typically it's quite detailed. You know, if it's only one or two pages, probably a bit brief you know if it's a very simple product or service not a large investment you might find it might be three or four pages if it's more detailed or higher investment and there's a lot more at stake might be 10 to 15 pages you know so for example we're selling franchises around $80,000 and so it's very detailed it's a major life decision there's a big investment involved so you would take a bit more time to to tease this out and really understand it so hopefully that's helpful for you. Um, I love sharing some information. You can see I really love this uh, process. Uh, it's, we work with clients and it's very rare that they've actually taken the time to do this. And so when we start working with them we say, look, this is one of the things that we want to really have you spend some time on uh, because typically it's not done. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, really looking forward to you know, catching up with you at another, uh, another podcast and I'll catch up with you then. Ciao for now thanks for listening. As you know, we grow organically. Uh, It's really people like yourself that enable us to get the word out. If you like what you hear, please uh, give us a rating, leave a good comment and share this with your friends. Thank you.